Unchained Rock Show, All Talk with Steve Harrison. You're listening to the Unchained Rock Show with me, Steve Harrison, right here on ARFM. Uh, now, my next guest uh, is from a band, or oh, big reputation, they are the leading light for the new wave of classic rock. Uh, set to release uh, their uh, follow-up album, Mojo Skyline. In fact, it'll have been out by the time you uh, hear this what an absolute pleasure to be chatting to one of the founding members, Mr. Adam Mackey from the Dust Coder. Adam, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me, Steve, and uh, and all you rockers out there on ARFM. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Indeed. Thanks very much for uh, for joining us. So, uh, you know, I mentioned there that you are the, uh, you know, sort of been um, uh, announced as the leading light for the new wave of classic rock. Is that that added pressure on the nervousness of the release of the new album as well? Uh, it's, I mean, as you mentioned, the time we're speaking now, the album's going to come out in a week. Yeah. We're neck deep in it, working really hard. <laughs> so there's, there's not too much pressure, but what, what we're unbelievably aware of, and, and I think it's more about celebrating it is this is a great time for UK rock music. Again. Yeah. And there's some amazing yeah. bands coming through, not just ourselves, and they're making really great noise across all media platforms and, you know, are popping up in the charts. Yes. So just chuffed the bits to be part of a scene that's, you know, growing from strength to strength. And, you know, you mentioned a new wave of classic rock. Um, we love those guys. We've known Jeremy and the gang since the beginning. And we're very proud that they reference us as one of the original bands that made them start the whole group yeah and the so yeah um in all accounts just just proud to be carrying that banner yeah loud and proud yeah so uh, so you don't have an issue with that sort of that uh i suppose defining a genre and sort of putting you in that sort of new wave of classic rock. i'm old enough to remember and be around for the new wave of british heavy metal let me tell you so <laughs> <laughs> but it's the thing like that that tag to us is a compliment because yeah you know, we were all um Growing up, we're massive Metallica fans, still am. Yeah. And, you know, when you get into a band like Metallica and you read their history, you, you hear about all these other amazing bands, like yeah. Diamond, Saxon and people. And you're like, that whole new wave tag? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Because yeah. <laughs> last time I heard that, the all the other bands were awesome and they were attributed to one of the greatest bands ever, Metallica. So yeah. like, I'm all f- <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, if I can, let's talk about uh, Mojo Skyline. Uh, yeah, you know, as we just said there, it'll be out and about and for fans to lap up, but fortunate to have a preview copy uh, and been playing it uh, on repeat considerably. Uh, it is a cracking, cracking album. Uh, and certainly, uh, I suppose, a, a step uh, up from the uh, self-titled debut, which was about, what, 2016? Oh, no, 2017, around that sort of um, uh, era. So does it feel like there uh, is a, a sort of a, a considerable step up in the, the production and the making of this album? Um, so a lot of people ask that, which which is great. And there's there's a couple of things. So... From a songwriting point of view, it's very much just a continuation yeah. of the debut album. And if, you know, I don't think we've got time, but if I went through each song individually and told you the story of that song, each song's kind of 
birth date, if you like, varies. And what I mean by that is a couple of the songs on this album are older than the first album. Right. But you revisit them, you're tighter as a band and you're in a certain place and you're like, actually, that was really cool. Like, yeah, yeah. You should revisit that. Let's yeah. redo it. Um, so songwriting-wise, it's just me and John doing what we do and hammering out ideas and coming up with that dust coder sound. Yeah. In terms of it sounding bigger, we we worked with Clint Murphy again, amazing producer yeah. who loved to bits, incredibly talented, and he knows us from the first album. Yeah. So he, he very he very much fits the kind of fifth band member mold. Um, so working with him was effortless. Yeah. But we we sat down at the beginning and and Clint knew the gig and that was it's our second album. We need you know we want to be a bit braver. We want to sound a bit bigger. Yeah. But at the same time, we're still a four piece. You know, we haven't like got 500 extra band members who have appeared. We can't go too overboard. Yeah. Sonically, we just need to, you know, we want to step up again. You know, we had, we had a bit more time, we had a bit more money and all those things allow you to create sonically something bigger and brasher yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, I like to think it's still stripped back in the right places and it sounds like four guys just rocking out. Yeah. Um, because that's how all of these songs come about. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think it sort of does capture that sort of that fine balance uh, where, you know, without, it, as you say, being overproduced, there are elements of layering in it, but you've still got that, the essence of, you know, not to try to sort of put in too many cliches, but you've still got that essence of that raw energy of that sort of blues rock sort of focus uh, uh, on this album compared to, uh, uh, to the debut release without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, uh, I suppose it's almost that sort of a natural progression, but without really taking it too far. And obviously the important relationship that you've already garnered first time man, with Clint. No, exactly. Couldn't agree more. And a, and a lot of that is um, deliberate because it's part of our sound. And I think it's a way of us wanting to stand out. You know, I'm, personally, I'm a massive fan of Light and Shade. Because, you know, with songs, you've got to tell a story as well. And a lot of bands have only got one tone and one colour. Yeah. And they hammer it. And then when they hammer it for a whole album, you can easily get lost. Yeah. Because whilst it can sound great, it's just swallowed up in the sound. And you're like, oh, what song is this? Oh, I don't know where I am anymore. I'm like, oh, whatever. But actually, you know, part of the artistry of music is, you, you know, you want to tell a story. You want to take the listener on a journey. Keep them on the edge, you know, of their seat. Um let them, when they go back, think, God, I've got this favourite bit. Oh, I know that's coming next. Because yeah. it's not all just morphed into one. So we definitely um, kind of take that into consideration. And it's, it's, it's certainly something I want us to keep doing for all our future albums. Yeah, yeah. I think that's sort of true in terms of the essence of the of the singles that you've released. Uh, obviously, the likes of Limbo Man, Breakdown, which has that sort of that, the classic feel to it, and something that I've always I love in, in rock songs is that sort of uh, the tempo change that sort of piles in the, uh, near the end, uh, and then obviously that sort of the Jimmy Two times. But just to sort of take you into the album, the ebb and flow of it, the light and shade. Uh, you know, when you go from sort of putting is it rolling straight into 
into, I think, is it bourbon pouring that it goes into afterwards? That, you know, and that, that keeps a lighter mode before it then sort of p- picks up again. So, you know, that important, ever important sort of placement of songs. And as you say, not to sort of hammer it all the way through from start to finish. Some albums do that, but, you know, not in this uh, instance. No, and like, you know, that, that touches on the kind of the arrangement of songs, the order of songs for an album. Because that in itself is an art form, right? Yeah, yeah. If you, get it, if you get it right, it can just make an album shine even more. If you, if you get it wrong, you're not doing it justice. Yeah. And I think what we've achieved is almost, you know, the album is it's almost ordered like a, a good set list of order of songs. Yeah. Because you've got, again, you've got to imagine you're taking the listener on a whole journey if it was a concert as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, it's like the perfect roller coaster, right? You kind of, you go up big, and then you take a dip down and then you're slowly creeping up again. And it's like, oh no, I know it's going to go mental. It's going to go mental. <laughs> and that, you know, it's kind of up and down, up and down. Right. And you want that, that exhilaration, that journey, rather than it just being a flat line roller coaster, because yeah. that would be boring forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we do, we do kind of, um, you know, put a lot of thought and effort into those things. Another, and then another thing, which is very boring and muse of me. But <laughs> also, um, uh, what key song is it? Because sonically it makes a difference. You know, you don't have to be a musician to get it, but you, it pricks your ears because, you know, sonically it's different. And, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're no different to a lot of rock bands and that we, you know, we love writing an E minor. You get to chug on the top <laughs> of me. But, you know, it's like, you can't, <laughs> You can't just pile the whole album with all your songs in E because they sound great. <laughs> You've got to, you know, sonically, you know, please the listener, give them different palettes because it adds to the character of it. Yeah. And it goes with the story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned there about, you know, that you cheat the album almost like like a set list. A- absolutely. Because uh, you can hear many, many albums from other artists that, that don't sort of quite get it right and it is an art form. But sort of moving away from that, yeah, you recently, or you've, you've got a series of the uh, Live at KK Steel Mill as well, uh, and the songs that uh, that feature on that. And it's an interesting and different approach, but was that something that COVID allowed you to do in terms of, right, OK, let's go for it. We're going to do this as a, as a live set. And what a cracking venue KK is, is as well. So, you know, what was the idea about sort of setting out to, to do that and, and in terms of the putting it together, the filming and the decision to, to use KKs. Yeah, so this this was, to be blunt, this was 100% driven by COVID because mm. at, at this point in time, it was around before Christmas and we're, we're looking for ideas and we know we needed good content. Yeah. And a lot of people... I've been doing the live streams where so-and-so's in the kitchen, so-and-so's in his living room, so-and-so's in the garage and all that stuff. Yeah. And the whole DIY thing was being done to death. Um, and and some of it great, don't get me wrong, right? Because it was very welcome entertainment. And yeah. It's been a funny old year. Um, but we wanted to do something a bit more special. That was obviously safe as well. So we... Well, I think I think I first saw it was um, Mike Gray. Mike yep. Gray band did something there. Yes, back in October, September, October, when it was a bit safer. Yeah, but basically, I got in touch with the venue. Um, they were happy to have us because it's 
as you can imagine, you know, it's a 12, I think it's about 1200, 1400 cap venue. Yeah. But there were only 10 of us in there when we did it. Right. So it was all quite bizarre and funny, but um, we were able to do it safely. You know, for us as a band, first time we played on the stage in just under a year. Right. Yeah. Well, which was eerie. So it, so- it sounded bizarre to us because it was just. <laughs> You know, it was a massive empty stage, right? Yeah. But the idea was, you know, we wanted to capture some good, good live content that would do the album justice that we can use as, you know, stuff to get fans excited. Um, you know, let them know that this will be out live and then we can play it. And, you know, and also just for us as a band, you know, enjoy it because yeah. we're playing live again. These great songs that were not able to play live just yet, but yeah. we could do it and record it and, and, give fans something to get excited and stuck into yeah yeah absolutely uh, and and that certainly comes across and that certainly is is captured in those in those performances uh like i said that can sometimes probably lack where you as you say you know some some people do it from the garage and then ones in the kitchen ones in the living room and as you say absolutely something that's welcome that's a different way to engage the fan base as a result of the situation that we find ourselves in but equally that that you know those live performances absolutely still do capture that sort of extra energy not quite you know the same as being being in the room but it really Really does uh, without a doubt come across and of course the the live sort of scene it's almost in touching distance uh, and obviously there are announcements you know looking at potentially and hopefully favorably with a with a fair wind uh, call of the wild might be one is that going to be possibly one of the first live gigs back potentially uh or yes that is number what you know what wait uh, basically in july we have got three free festivals. Right. One of them hasn't announced yet. Ah, okay. But we've got Call of the Wild and we've got Rambling Man. Fair. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then there's, there's another one soon to be announced. Right. Um, and I think you're right. It's kind of, you know, we take each month as it comes at the moment, but without doubt, they're, they're the nearest and earliest opportunity for, for all of us. Yeah. You know, genres all kind of people involved in outdoor music entertainment, not just, you know, the bands and the punters, but the yeah. crews, aging, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're really, we're really excited, but we're, we're kind of crossing all fingers as well. Right? <laughs> yeah. And watching everyone else. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's, you know, and, and to give you an idea, um, when I can't remember now, it must have been about a month ago that Boris made the kind of roadmap announcement. Yeah. These bookings I've just mentioned only came through about two or three weeks ago because it was all in reaction to what Boris said. So yeah. in the background from when we where we sit, it's really encouraging to see the industry kicking straight back into gear and really reacting quickly yeah. to try and get this stuff on and happen. Yeah. So are, are you also then contemplating, um, uh, you know, a sort of a, a series of additional dates, uh, sort of rescheduling things and sorting things out for potentially later this year then? Um, we are. So there'll be um, our own kind of headline tour. Yeah. Celebrate the album. And again, that's that's being confirmed as we speak. So nof- nothing to announce yet. Yeah. It'll be before the end of the year, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in line with... Um, a lot of people just to kind of make it more safe for it to actually go ahead, right? Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's certainly going to be, it's uh, you know, fingers crossed that it's certainly going to be an active and busy sort of back end of the year for uh, for, for fans alike. And uh, many, many gigs will be occurring probably from October, November. Well, fingers crossed it will be anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it'll be, um, uh, well, you know, we've been sitting here twiddling our thumbs for um, however many months, you know, over a year. And then all of a sudden we're going to be busy as hell and you yeah. can't complain. right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I can just take you back to the album then. Um, I, I mean, in terms of the uh, uh, the debut release, it was, it was 2017. But is, has this yeah. album sort of been ready for release? Has, has there been a delay around this? Because I've had the opportunity over the year or so uh, to speak to many, many uh, uh, bands, uh, artists, because, uh, you know, they've got nothing else to do but talk <laughs> because there's no gigs. Uh-huh. And there are often a lot of them have said, yeah, as a result of COVID, that they have made a decision to delay. And I just wonder if you were in that sort of same boat or was, was it potentially scheduled to be a release in in 2021 around this time anyway no it's a very kind of quick timeline for us so we were we were lucky that we made the album independently again in 2019 yeah so we i think if we go back to kind of summer 2019 yeah the final mixes um and at this point we're then just kind of planning with management right, what, what are we going to do with this album? How are we going to do it? And then we met Earache towards the end of the year because they asked us to be part of their new wave of rock and roll compilation album. Yeah. And then we were very lucky that they asked us to play the, the launch party, um, which was at um, O2 Islington Academy in London. Yeah. Um, we're a London-based band, you know, good fit, etc. cetera. Um, and this, this gig was basically two weeks before Boris told us all to stay in home. Right. So luckily this gig went ahead and then we met in that gig, we actually met Earache properly for the first time. Basically they saw us play. Yeah. Liked what they really liked, what they saw and heard. And, you know, there was a bit of beer chat at the bar afterwards. (laughs) Then they were quite quick to follow up with more serious correspondence via email. Right. And the beauty, the, our, our fortunate position was, oh, great, well, we've got an album. Have a listen. So luckily, we'd done all that, and that was great. And, you know, they loved it, and they were like, you know, it was an offer. I was like, wow, so that got very serious. So our, our kind of COVID experience, if you like, at the beginning, and I remember this quite well because I was talking to someone about it the other day. If you remember back to kind of March last year, mm-hmm. No one really knew how long this was going to go on for, right? Yeah, yeah. First couple of months, we were all quite naive. So there was lots of like, oh, well, you know, like, it'll probably, it'll probably be about six or eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're still not out of it, guys. Um, <laughs> like, so we we basically, we did, you know, you so a lot of it was business focused to start with because we were negotiating in our first record deal with an amazing label Everyone was chuffed to bits. We then got to a point when we actually signed the deal, I think it was June. Right. Um, you know, the whole world was in a more serious place then. Yeah. So we we agreed that right, we're gonna we're gonna sit on this. So not only the album, but the announcement. They were like, you know, let's have respect, let's play this out. And then it was towards the end of last year, um, after the summer, we agreed, right, we're gonna announce in November and we're gonna release in March. And, you know, we can't wait forever. 
Yeah. So it was quite it's quite a long pre-order campaign, right? If anything, yeah. we stretched that out deliberately. But in answer to your question, I would say we had about six months, therefore, of just respectfully kind of keeping our cards close to our chest. Yeah. Because just not knowing, well, it's the whole world's been in, you know, what the unknown is, right? Yeah. Um, and then balancing that with trying to do this album the best level of justice it deserves in yeah. terms of release. Yeah, well, there's certainly been a, a, some sort of major interest in terms of the lead up to uh, to the release of it, uh, and then obviously you know you sort of track socials and do a bit of research, and then you look at the sort of pre-sales and pre-orders and various physical copies being sold out. So you know that must be pleasing that there's you know some significant fan interest who've probably you know been waiting for what sort of four years or so for the next major release. Obviously the uh, the sort of demo and a previously unearthed release that you was when was that? Did that come out sort of 2018? So that, that was that was during the summer in lockdown so we did the, we were those unplugged kind of demo yep. things down the tree but yep. um yeah that was very much reaction to trying to get something out there for people because yep. life was pretty rubbish yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah 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 indeed so i mean how's your sort of time being occupied then through throughout that period you know it must have been sort of a bit frustrating holding cards to your chest and certainly understandably why and you've articulated there why so what did what sort of uh what did that allow you to do what have you been involved in then uh, uh away from the band in uh in those circumstances i mean i'm firstly i'm very lucky um i've been able to work so I've still got, you know, my job and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Let's face it, you you kind of take those things um, for granted sometimes until you know the year we've been through. So I've I've I'm happy as Larry. I've got my health. I've got my income. Yeah. Luckily, I don't know anyone too close to me that's been infected. Which again, you just thank your lucky stars for. Yeah, of course. Um, and you know, the first half of the year was distracted by something amazing and that's, you know, signing a record deal. And then you kind of, you're able to sit on your laurels for a bit because you can't complain, you know, the band yeah. hasn't had to cancel anything. So yeah. it's just been, you know, really, really just doing what everyone else is. You know, you put on weight, you lose it again. You put on weight, <laughs> lose it again. <laughs> I had a haircut over years, so I've grown my hair again. Um, that's a bit rock and roll, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and you just plod along and survive but you know john and i've been able to do a load of songwriting which is great so already we're kind of plotting album number three which is fantastic yeah um and you know we're like everyone else we're kind of we're now chomping at the bits and, and you know ready to kind of hit the floor running when when we get the green light yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I'm, we're sort of uh, chomping at the bit for, for live gigs and certainly the opportunity to see live in the flesh uh, tracks from uh, Mojo Skyline with, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, uh, and I, I know that uh, fans are going to lap it up. They already have done in terms of uh, the, the snippets and the ideas that have been released from it. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, the, the plaudits of, you know, it's set to be the leading lights and continue to pave the way for New Wave classic rock uh the dust coder are, are absolutely going to be at the forefront of that without a shadow of a doubt oh awesome like we um oh we're you know we're very proud to be part of this scene at the moment you know there's there's bands left around center that are doing really well yeah. and you know we know a lot of them from the road um and you know we're, we're hoping to make our stamp on things and and bigger and beyond that right yeah. we're really ambitious yeah we've we're so proud of this album. We think it's got legs and longevity. Um, we can't wait for everyone to hear it. And then, you know, just 
build on that swell and get you know just get everyone behind and involved with the dust coder and what what we want to do with it yeah absolutely listen adam uh, we shall call it there uh, i can appreciate that you're a busy man and in demand obviously uh, we really do wish you uh, every success with uh, the release of mojo skyline and certainly look forward to fingers crossed uh, call of the wild i shall be there so uh, let's hope that it uh, does go oh, ahead at the, uh, at the showground without a shadow of a doubt oh dude, steve it's been my absolute pleasure and to all your listeners um Thank you very much for listening. I can't wait for you all to hear the album. And, you know, for the fans who have pre-ordered already, you're absolute heroes and legends. We couldn't do any of this without you. Um, and, um, you know, like yourself, look forward to seeing as many of you as possible at these festivals over the summer. Great stuff. Cheers, Adam. Thanks very much, man. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, Steve. Absolute pleasure. All right, mate, you take care. Cheers now.